Welcome to another episode of the podcast Cluster Fudge or yeah. the Cluster Fudge Podcast, whatever you want to call it. How you doing, Alan? <laughs> I'm well, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. The weather in Chicago is hot and rainy. How is it in Orlando? Surprisingly hot and rainy. Wow. It's like our cities are connected by some kind of, they're tied together by some kind of wormhole. Yeah. And they're affecting each other's weather. It's like we're living in the same city. That's right. And if we don't sever this connection, both cities will die. Oh, no. Fringe-like stuff. Let's, let's contact the Enterprise or whatever Doctor Who TARDIS we need to do. Oh, you bring up the Enterprise. Speaking of Enterprise, did you know that there's a new Star Trek show coming up? Absolutely, I did. The uh, Star Trek Discovery uh, yes, yes, that's what it's called. I think that's the name of the ship as well, the USS Discovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what is the name of the gentleman that's running that show? He's a showrunner. It's Brian Fuller, I okay. think is his name. Okay. Uh, something like that. He was, uh, he, he used to write on Star Trek before, and he's done shows like, oh, the show with the guy who ran a pie shop and he could bring people back to life. Uh, not dead oh. like me, but oh, picking daisies okay. and water falls, something like that. Okay. The eccentric shows. The guy does eccentric does the guy shows. That, so let me, let me, if I recall, the premise of that show was that he would touch a, a corpse and it would come to life for like about a minute, and he would talk to him and he would tell him about the last mi- moments yes. of, his, of his death. Okay. And the rule is, and there were very clear rules, which I really appreciated about that show and all mm-hmm. from all science fiction shows. The yeah. rule is he has to touch it before a minute's up to re-deadify it. If he does not touch it again after a minute, it stays alive forever. But it, once he touches someone and brings them back to life, he can never, he can never, you know, bring them back to life. He can never touch them. Because if he touches them again, they'll be dead forever. Oh, okay. So it was very interesting. And the thing was that he reanimated a woman that he loved, a woman he had a crush on, a a girl he used to have a crush on. Mm -hmm. And he could never touch her because the moment he touches her, she dies forever. Oh, so he's in love with a woman he can't physically touch. Yes. So that was the conflict in that show. And he used his skills, a detective used his skills to help solve crimes. Yeah. That was pushing daisies. All right. Well, so this guy's going to be in charge of the new Star Trek show. So that's that sounds good yeah. because that was a unique premise. I didn't actually yeah, see a- that show, but I did. I was interested in that premise. It was a very fun show. Very fun. So, very but light. Also, very airy. One of the uh, executive producers is Nicholas Meyer. Oh God, he's the guy that directed uh, Wrath of Khan and Undiscovered Country, and um, he co-wrote uh, the Voyage Home. Nice. Yeah. So he had his hand in the the favorite of the original Star Trek movies. Yep. A lot of people, I think there are people that are confused and think that's the worst one just because they're allowing their own opinions to obscure the facts that that movie, like of the original movies that made the most money. Star Trek 4? Yeah. And there are people like... Go on. Well, and, and it works with the even rule. I think there's some people that are confused about the odd movie even rule with the old series where the odd ones are bad and right. the even ones are good. Mm-hmm. They um, don't understand that that's an even number? Yeah. Yeah, or they, get confused. They, they mix them up. I've heard people mix them up. In any event, 
Star Trek's coming back. It's the 50th anniversary this year. And not only did they bring out the movie and they had Star Trek Las Vegas, which was like Mm -hmm. the biggest Star Trek uh, convention ever, uh, or it's the biggest one every year. Um, And they also have this new show coming out on CBS All Access. It's not actually going to air on network television. It's going to be straight like, you know, on your iPads and such. And you got to pay a monthly fee, like about five bucks a month for CBS. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for the first season, and then eventually it'll make its way on the Hulu or something. Oh, they are have they like an exclusive. They, they have an exclusive agreement with okay. Hulu or Netflix. Oh, they have an exclusive agreement. Oh, just like Netflix does complete seasons after the show's done. Yeah. They're going to, okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. So they're going to do something like that. Okay. Um, now, they've shown pictures of the ship, and I don't know if these are the final pictures. Uh, this show is going to take place between Star Trek Enterprise and Star Trek the original series, not in the oh. movie universe, but in the television show universe, or at least that's what they're saying. So this is going to precede Kirk and Spock's uh, Star Trek. Yes. Yes. Interesting. So it's going to be after Starfleet first gets in the space, but before the Enterprise. Because what I had heard about a month or two ago was that it was supposed to take place sometime after Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, which was uh, odd and didn't jive with this idea of maintaining the Abrams continuity, because obviously Star Trek VI continuity has been undone with this whole tampering with time travel. Yeah. So if this is taking place before Kirk and Spock are on the Enterprise, then they could sidestep the alternate timeline ordeal. Yes. Uh, I mean, all the movies are messed up because of the uh, J.J. universe. I, you know, I, be, I was thinking about the other day, and honestly, it was fun to have Spock in the first movie, and it was nice to acknowledge the original series, but honestly, I feel like that, that was problematic. Mm-hmm. Because I, I was thinking again, I was revisiting the the sequel of the J.J. movies, uh, Star Trek Into, Into Darkness, Darkness. Right. and it's not a bad movie. It's just okay. my my main issue is like, well, you're ripping off Khan. Right. You switch that main scene between Kirk and Spock at the end, and it's like that's not original, mm-hmm. you know. And it feels forced, but it's and right. and your and because you've insisted on including Spock. Mm-hmm. And doubling down by showing a picture of the original crew in the most recent movie, there's like yeah. a picture. This is what you will look like, you know, William Shatner and the old crew. Right. You know, you've insisted on tying these two universes together, even though time has changed, yeah. rather than just just clean the slate, mm-hmm. use the characters, borrow the adventures you want, but you can do them now with young Kirk. Right. Borrow from the movies if you want, but do it with young Kirk. Make it your own thing. Yeah. So there is no worry about, you know, just like comic books. This is ultimate Star Trek right, versus right. amazing Star Trek. You know what I mean? Yeah, and no, I know exactly separate, what you mean because you know? I think that's, that's the main thing that's hindering me from appreciating the Abrams movies is saying like, well, this character wouldn't do that. This isn't the way Starfleet works. Um, there's some other stuff that was going on where it's just like, what the heck? Like, yeah, your I, Spock I is divorce. too passionate. Yeah, exactly. Like in this current movie, th- there's one character in the whole movie that cries, and it's freaking Spock. Yeah. Now, I have a predetermined idea of who Spock is and how he should act with regard to the rest of the crew. Yeah. And when you go against that, then I have issues. Now, if they make a little more 
of, uh, of an effort of separating themselves from the original timeline or, or continuity or whatever you want to call it, just starting over anew, then maybe I don't have so much of an issue. I'm not sure if that's the case or not, but even so, I definitely have a, a marriage to original Star Trek that's not letting me delve into these new movies. Yes, plus, I mean, you've radically altered, like, Next Generation yeah. probably won't exist the way it does. Voyager, right. that crew changes, because there's I mean, the chances of Tuvok surviving the destruction of Vulcan, his ancestors, right. to the point where he still ends up on that ship. They're just mm-hmm. two astronauts. I mean, you just brewing in everything. So yeah. just, you know, and, and I wouldn't have minded so much. And just do a clean slate to borrow the stories. They're fun stories. Mm-hmm. And it's a great crew. I enjoy the cast. Yeah. You know, and I could deal with a Spock if you're telling me, oh, this is not the Spock you know. Our Spock is a little different. He has less control of his human emotions than the guy on the TV show. Also, the big Sulu changing his sexual orientation became a big yeah. controversy. And it's for yeah. this very reason. People are saying, hey, if this is original, you know, Star Trek continuity that's just been altered by time travel, that doesn't affect someone's sexual orientation. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, like, and particularly it was coming from um, a lot of my gay friends who were also Star Trek fans. Like, they yeah. were like, this is not right. And then, of course, George Takei chimed in, and he yeah. wasn't into the, the choice either. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, to be, you know what? They were clever, though. The the two dads did have a daughter. So, right. Uh, worst like case, the Star I could Trek say, like, Yeah, like, on generate, oh, it's not an Enterprise without a Sulu on the bridge. And that could still work, technically. Right. So, they found a way to make it work, because we've never, he never said, I have a wife in the show. It's just like, okay, you're kind of... Force and you know it comes. I think it comes from a nice place, but it's like mm-hmm. you know, just do your own. And they'll probably say this is our own universe because times altered. It's like no, but You're you've not. radically changed things, and the yeah. adventures they had, they will not have. Right. And you know, and it was unnecessary. So, yeah. I digress. We just went on a tangent anyway. So That's there's okay. a new ship now. Yeah. And P.S. You know, I had. I don't know if we talked about Star Trek Beyond, did we? No, we haven't. No, so maybe we'll talk about that. Well, let, let's put a pin in that because, okay. you know, I've, I saw that. Did you see it? Yes, I did. Okay, well, we so just I have some <laughs> talking about details of it, but absolutely, oh, of course. Yeah, so, I mean, well, I mean, in a nutshell, I'm not happy with the way Kirk is all of a sudden, no, I don't want to be a captain, maybe. Oh, man. And it's God, like, yeah. what? what are you talking about, dude? Well, this is what I was saying earlier. It's like, this is not how the Federation should work. Like a major military slash exploration institution. This yeah. guy who's been in the Federation for all of four or three years, maybe, has yeah. already rocketed through. He's never been a lieutenant, lieutenant commander, nope. commander. He's nope. already a captain. And then they're yep. like, hey, do you want to become an admiral? And he's like, uh, I'm thinking about it. It's like, no. No. How is this possible? And like, How are you what? a fleet admiral? Ridiculous. And again, they're pulling from the movies where he's like, I think I want to retire. Right. And they keep saying it's an homage, you know? And it's like, no, dude, you're screwing up stuff. Yeah. That's not how, mil- that's not how a Coast Guardish, uh, you know, organization would work. Right. You know, they have rules, man. I mean, he should have stayed. They should. I, I loved I loved seeing the Kobayashi Maru. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But there should have been a little bit at Starfleet. Then jump five years later. He's a lieutenant commander because he's that good. Right. You know? No, I agree. And I know you could figure it out. I know you could figure Absolutely. it out. How to and, write it. And again, 
like this marriage that I have to the original series. Like original series, there were multiple episodes where McCoy's like kind of helping Kirk confide in him, and he's like, "Isn't this what happened to a young Lieutenant Kirk?" And like, there's a lot of nods to Kirk's history in the Federation. When yeah. he was a lieutenant, he had an encounter with this race, and there's a history there, and yeah, th- that's gone. Th- you don't have that in this movie. It's like, eh, well, he's Captain Kirk. Everyone knows Captain Kirk. Let's be Captain Kirk. And yeah. no one on the ship has an issue with it, of yeah. course, you know. Uh, and then the whole thing with the song and how they, um, uh, spoilers, they they were very effective against their enemy like once a song started playing, that mm-hmm. felt like a little bit of a deus ex machina cheat to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's fun. We get to play that song again from the first movie. It's like, okay. And they wasted the villain. That. Let me precede yeah. that because the Enterprise blows up. And yeah. I feel like, to me, as a Star Trek fan, that's a huge deal. And yeah. I don't feel it was treated like a big deal. Like, yeah. it took them about 25 minutes to blow the ship up if... if you know, my time, you know, recording wasn't quite accurate, but it felt like a long time it took for them to blow up the ship. I'm like, they're really going to blow up the ship, aren't they? Yeah. So they blow up the ship. Afterwards, no one's like, hey, you ever wondered why the heck that guy just blew up our ship and the ship's gone? And like, how do you feel about the ship being gone? It's like, none of that. It's just like, okay, what's next? We're going to we're going to get this guy. We're going to save our crew. And we're going to move on. And as a viewer, I'm like, why? Okay, how? so here's what I think. They did give you that moment where you see Kirk looking out of his escape pod at the Enterprise, and then you can see his reflection. And I think that was supposed to cover, he doesn't really have time to mourn later, so this is his time mourning. And you could see it in his face. He wasn't happy about it. He wasn't like, oh, so what? It was like, it affected him. But yeah. he can't he can't mourn the Enterprise while he's trying to save his crew. It would right. have been nice for one of the other crew members to yeah. you know to show what he can't. Right. Because he can't deal with that right now. It's like I gotta get the crew, and there's a danger to the Yorktown, which we have to get to in a second. Yeah. But I gotta I gotta, you know, save the crew. So I get why there was a no, like other than that, there was no big moment from him. And you but know, and Spock right. and McCoy. As a movie maker, you can justify like some ensign somewhere in that prison camp is like, dude, the flagship of the of the Federation just blew up. Like they could have that moment, whereas me as an audience member can feel it through that person, you know? Yeah, man, you can have, uh, you know, you have a Uhura look up with a single tear mm-hmm. coming down their face or the, the lobster head lady. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. The alien, the alien lady with the alien anyway. on the back of her head, the face hugger. Right. Uh, she could have just dropped a tear. I thought the um, same thing. Like, that's a face hugger back of your head. Why is there a face <laughs> hugger coming out of your back of your head? Why do you have a face hugger on the back of your head? Where did you evolve from? What did you evolve from? <laughs> face huggers? Ah, I knew it. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> well, see, in this universe, the face huggers were nice. So After they the took second, over that species. The, the second thing is, in the previous movie, and let's let's focus on the actual Star Trek's 1, 2, and 3 continuity as it, as it is. So, in the previous movie, Peter Weller's starship is this militaristic starship, you know? Yeah. Like, it's this badass whatever. It yeah. tried to take down the Enterprise and didn't. So, in, in not achieving that, leads me to believe that this Enterprise is a pretty resilient starship on some yeah. level. So, yeah, I mean, they, he was going to blow the Enterprise out until Scotty pulled a miracle because he happened to be on the ship. Right. 
Right. And, and, I, that, and the Enterprise suffers. I mean, people flew out of that ship. Every right. movie, people are flying out of the Enterprise. Yeah. I just think that you're, you're setting up the fact that this is the, a, a flagship of the, of the Federation. And mm-hmm. that the Enterprise is a difficult ship to take down. So yeah. this character from this movie uh, takes down the Enterprise, and that should be a big deal, right? Yeah. So if he's got this technology, the bees, the swarm, whatever you want to call it, is able to do that, then here's my question. How come he can't just tear through this space station like he was wanting to do in the first place without this MacGuffin ultimate weapon, poison gas, whatever it's called, nanite destruction thing? Just tear through it, puncture a hole in their shell, deactivate their artificial gravity by going through their power source, and then, oh, whoops, everyone dies. Anyway, he doesn't need the MacGuffin. Yeah. In fact, by taking down the Enterprise, they figured out who he really was, and they figured out the whole VHF thing and all that stuff. He yeah. didn't need to take down the Enterprise. Just go straight for the freaking space station. He would have been fine. He already had the technology in the first place before the movie started. Yeah, let's... There are a couple of things to unpack here. Let's talk about the Yorktown Space Station, okay. which is apparently right next to the unknown frontier of the galaxy. Why would they put a space station where people clearly live? It's not just like this, 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 uh, you know, this, this mantelpiece of the Federation where all these alien species coexist, but it's on the frontier because right next to it is this part of space that the Federation normally doesn't go through because of this meteor field. So mm. they don't know what's on the other side. So that's that space station should yeah. be in the center of the Federation, right. not on the edge. On the edge is where you put those saucer deals. <laughs> that you have in the old movie, just the saucers, where it's just this is just all business, no pleasure. Right, all we right. do here is give you food, refuel, refuel you, send you on your way because mm-hmm. this is like Deep Space One or whatever. It's not. Let's have children and families live here mm-hmm. because they're on the edge of space, and if you don't know what's like down the street, then you don't build a massive space station right here so that aliens. Oh, there were these aliens right over there. We didn't mm-hmm. know. And they've destroyed Yorktown. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not like we invested a lot of manpower, time, money, and resources. <laughs> oh, wait, we did. Yeah. And all those people are dead mm-hmm. because we put it on the edge next yeah. to the bad neighborhood that we haven't explored yet. Well, it versus does make, it does make in the sense middle. to put a space station on A space on a, station. Yeah. It does make sense to put a space station um, on the edge of a place that you're exploring right absolutely a space station yeah a space station so even something as big as yorktown you put it somewhere maybe it's a halfway point between here and uncharted territory and it's it's that way it's where people can recoup from their long travels or whatever but if you're saying that there's a barrier separating you from going too far away from the space station well then what the heck is the point ultimately yeah so, and I guess this guy's plan was, I don't even know what the villains, I mean, they wasted uh, yeah. Idris Elba. They wasted that dude, man. Mm-hmm. They put him under a ton of makeup and he, and it was another, it was another Wrath of Khan, man. Yeah. It was another I Want Vengeance. It's sure. like, dude, you talked all, part two was all about starting a war with the Klingons. Yeah. Make this guy a Klingon. 
Maybe also, the Klingons took the Romulan ship, uh, you know, like in the it, they deleted the scenes where that Romulan ship from part one from the future. Those guys were actually imprisoned by Klingons for like 10 years. That's where they were. Have the Klingons reverse engineer the technology from the future ship into those mining ships because that was a mining ship, right? Right. And these little tiny ships were supposed to be mining ships. Like maybe the Klingons got that technology and they want to use it against the Federation. Yeah. That would have been nice. And also, this is um, this is also repeating what they did in the previous movie with Peter Weller's character. Peter Weller yep. was a Federation captain, didn't think the Federation should be an organization of peace, so he's like, let's get militaristic. It's the exact same thing that this guy's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I feel like it, I just, I just, Idris Elba barely had lines, man. I don't remember. I, I just don't remember him that well from this movie. I didn't care. I didn't care about yeah, who. Yeah. He, I mean, like, I, I wanted to know why the heck he blew up the Enterprise. Yes, but like, I once they revealed it in the last ten percent of the movie, I was like, I don't uh, really. Yeah. That's what I've been waiting for this whole time. Why didn't you just yeah. tell me this earlier? You know, I understand you're upset, dude, but, you know, I'm going to destroy the Federation or I'm going to make people stronger by separating. I don't you're pissed. I get it, dude. But yeah, but I also saw this this. plot point in the previous movie. Yeah, we've seen this in the last two movies, man. Mm -hmm. You know, so I mean, it was nice that they Nero was uh, was like, hey, F peace. Yeah. Screw Spock. I know he's an ambassador of peace, but screw peace. Yeah, I, I was just a miner, but now I'm a warrior. Like everyone's yeah. like in these positions of peace, and then they're like, "Nah, this isn't for me. I'm gonna be killing people now." Well, yeah, they want vengeance. Like I got screwed. It wasn't your fault, but, but I'm, I'm gonna, gonna blame you and I'm you. gonna destroy you. Right, right. Yeah. So no, it should have been the Romulans or the Klingons, man. Mm-hmm. In your universe, they're new. And right. they kind of look pretty badass. The Klingons that they had in the part two look badass. Yeah, it's they like redesigned the Klingons. They could redesign the Romulans if they felt like it, sure. And you know, that's, you know and what, another thing, too, is if they explored the Romulans, that's a whole thing from that original series. Like, when they first yeah. introduced the Romulans, they're like, hey, they look just like you, Spock. And then there's that whole storyline. So how does there Spock feel about being related to Romulans and all that stuff? It opens up a lot of stuff for Spock's character. Yeah. And then, at the end, Kirk decides, I'm going to stay. And it's like, what changed? Nothing's changed. Nothing. He just went through another adventure like the previous two movies. Yeah. Presumably, you've gone on adventures in the three years you've been out so far. Right. I mean, nothing as severe as this, obviously. You didn't lose your ship, but, like, what's changed, dude? Nothing. You're going to go back into space to be the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So they should give you a ridiculous uh, promotion that you do not deserve. Right. Because. Uh, it was neat, and though, that the Admiral... And he would have outranked that lady, too. Like, she was a Commodore. She's yeah. talking about him becoming a Vice Admiral. It's like, that outranks a Commodore last time I checked. Oh, it does? So that, doesn't it? A Commodore I just barely outranks the Captain. I thought Admirals outranked Commodore. Oh, you know, you're no. I thought Commodores outranked Admirals, but you may be no, right. No. I don't know. A Commodore is like in line with a fleet captain. So fleet captains okay. in command with multiple ships, like on yeah, you're during right. an attack. Um, so Commodore um, is a similar rank, and then Vice um, Admiral would be the lowest ranking Admiral, which would outrank <laughs> both of them. Yeah. On that one episode of the old series where that dude wanted to take over Enterprise, he was a Commodore. He was Commodore Decker, Yeah, he was a Commodore, yeah. 
I'm taking this ship. Yep. Um, you know what, though? That was Commodore Paris. So that was a nice little wink. I think that was a nod to uh, Voyager. Thomas Paris. Tom yeah. Paris. Yeah. You know, those are nice, but it's like, you know, whatever. Oh, there's tons uh, of nods. I mean, like, you, yeah. you, you, as a fan, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, there was one nod that I thought was kind of humorous when he got out of that transporter at the beginning of the movie after the, the, um, the prologue. Yeah. He gets out of the transformer, uh, transporter and he says, I ripped my shirt again. I was like, oh, because oh. Kirk ripped his shirt like in almost every episode of the series. I get it. That's fine. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then he talked about how, oh, crew has sex because we're out here in space and I'm bored. That's it. That's all that's happened. Right. <laughs> I want to make sure you got that on the record. <laughs> And it's like, I want to see that dude. You know what I would have loved? A montage at the beginning? Because the opening was okay. It wasn't as good as the opening for Into Darkness. That was great. With, with that the civilization. Volcano yeah, with the volcano. That was fabulous. But um, what I would have loved is to see these actors do like a montage of them just going through some of the stuff that the original series went through. Yeah. You know, just quick little references to it. We did this thing from there. You remember that from that episode. Right, Here's right. a doomsday machine we found and deactivated. Yeah. Here's this. But then it wouldn't have worked with on board because Kirk is bored. Space is boring. Oh, saying space is boring. And that would be his motivation to become a vice admiral is because he was bored. Is that why? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to get a desk job. That'll be exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Uh, I feel like we should talk to. Uh, I feel like we should talk to Young Kirk, man. Do you want to talk to Young Figure Kirk out what's or going Old on. Kirk? Yeah. Well, well, maybe we should talk to Old Kirk. Okay. Let's see. Let's figure it out. Let's, let's talk to Old Kirk. Oh, let's get him in here. This is Captain J.P.C. Kirk of the Starship Enterprise. Hello. Hi, Captain Kirk. Welcome to the show. I'm honored to be on your show. What is? Oh well. Cluster Fudge. Well, it's a show where we talk about pop culture news and stories. We were actually just talking about the uh, Enterprise and your five-year mission. Yes, it's five-year mission to seek out new life and new civilizations to boldly go where no man has gone before. Well, Alan and I were just, uh, we were confused at how you would get bored halfway through that mission. It seemed like it was an exciting mission. There were See, you just saw the good stuff. There were times between those missions where we just looked out into the vastness of space and just stars streaking past the view screen. And I would turn to Spock and I said, status, Mr. Spock. And he would say, I have nothing. And we would do that for <laughs> months. The show well, I mean, only uh, ran for three years. There's two full years of nothing. <laughs> So, I mean, you weren't excited. I mean, but when you did find stuff, that was exciting, right? It was exciting. I would sleep with green women and, and whatnot. But the, there would be times when we would leave the planet. Uh, I would violate the Prime Directive. Uh, but then we would be out in space. And then, now what? Uhura, do you hear anything? And she'd say, no. What is going on? This is boring. Uh, eventually, I got so bored, I took the promotion. And, and then uh, led the Enterprise back to combat V'ger. All right, so you got the promotion, but then that was exciting to be an admiral, right? Well, then even less happened. Years went by, and nothing, nothing, nothing would happen. And okay, then, well, I mean, 
Then wouldn't you know that? I mean, an admiral job is like a desk job, right? I mean, isn't that assumed that it would be less exciting than being a captain? I thought something, change of pace. I would at least get new people coming across my way. Um, like new new desk clerk, new uh, secretary, new janitors, but, but no. Apparently they put the admirals on a space station, and it's even worse because the stars aren't streaking past the windows anymore. Okay, you know what? You know what I think you need, Captain? I think we need to do a, uh, like a quick occupancy, aptitude test. We need to figure out what, because I don't know that if captaining and if a Starfleet even is the right career path for you. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, I mean, just say the first job that comes to the top of your head. Okay. First okay. job, top of your head. Okay. Right, here we go. One, two, three. Vice Admiral. No, what? But that's what you were, Vice Admiral. That was the first job that came to my mind. Yeah, but the, you didn't like being an admiral. All right, all right. Sorry. Can we do this? Let's again? Let's try it again. All right, here we Let's go. Let's try it again. Here we go. All here right. Go. One, two, three. Fleet Admiral. No. What? <laughs> that's this, in the same. This is what I do. This is that's more fleet. paperwork. It's blood. It's, it's okay. more paperwork. All right, all right. All right. Can we try again? Yes. I mean, there are different fields or different departments in Starfleet, too. Maybe you shouldn't be on the command track. Maybe you should be in one of the other departments. Okay, okay. You know, like Spock is a science officer. Maybe be a good science officer. Oh, okay. All right. All right. We can do it one more time. Here we go. One, two, three. Horseback Admiral. I don't even know what that is, sir. Is that even a Starfleet job? It's, it's you, you, you are in charge of horseback riding. And you outrank every horseback rider that's out there. It's brilliant. I proposed to okay. Starfleet, and they said, what? And then when I directed the fifth movie, the opening scene is a man on horseback. It's brilliant. Well, you were also in Generations on horseback, but yes. I don't think... I was on Generations okay. in a horseback. That's, that's fine. I wouldn't do the movie if I wouldn't be allowed on horseback, and so I uh, made them put me on a horseback. That is an odd request, but uh, okay. So one more thing, Captain. There's a new. Uh, there's going to be some new chronicles of Starfleet. Actually, a ship uh, before your own ship. It's called the uh, the uh, USS Discovery. Yes, the USS Discovery. Um, now, it's yeah. a very angular shape, Captain. If I may be so bold, it to me it kind of looked like a Klingon battle cruiser. Those Klingon bit. bastards! They killed my son. Well, now there's a ship that looks like a Klingon battlecruiser. They can't have a Klingon battlecruiser in the Starfleet Federation. It doesn't make sense. If only you were a fleet admiral, maybe you could do something about it. I need that job, Carlos. I'm going to go get that job of fleet admiral and decommission the Star Trek Discovery before it happens. All right. All right. Bye. Okay. He transported out of here. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he's a confused man. He's kind of stuck in a conundrum, man. I feel mm -hmm. sorry for him because he wants what he hates. I know, right? He's like in this endless loop. Mm. All right. This is uh, Carlos signing off from Chicago. Oh, uh, folks, you can find me on Facebook at Car uh, Carlos. RVRA, Carlos Rivra, and you can find out the shows I'm doing. I'm currently doing a August Saturday night, 9 o'clock run 
and Confessions uh, from the D-List. And I'm doing some other shows, too. So just go to my Facebook group and uh, add yourself to me. And then you can see the events. And you'll know what I'm doing if you're in the Chicagoland. How about you, Alan? And you can see some of my work. I've got some videos on the Geeks of Comedy fan page on Facebook as well. So check out the Geeks of Comedy on Facebook. Boom. All right, another one in the books. All right, guys. Say hi to Rahm Emanuel for me. <laughs> Will do. Bye. Bye.